Hey guys, it's Cinnamon and I'm back with another episode of Sweet Tea Southern Mama doing Autism A to Z. Last time I think we left off, we were talking about living in a therapy world, which of course we're still living in a therapy world. And again, shout out to the amazing team of therapists that we have, um, you know, Kathleen, Margaret, and um, our temporary EI at the time, at the at this moment at least. Um, these ladies are wonderful. They're amazing. Um, great source of, you know, support and they get the job done. So I'm extremely, extremely happy to have them a part of our team. And also shout out to the great people at Cortland's, um, at Cortland School. Amazing administrative staff. His teachers are absolutely wonderful. Um, I, I absolutely appreciate their eagerness to learn and willingness to work with Cortland and promote inclusion within their within their academic environment. So extremely excited about where we are as far as our team and the school that we've chosen for Cortland to receive, start receiving his education. Um However, with that being said, although you have like all of these great moments um, or great things that you can boast and you can almost brag about, you, you like I said, you also have some challenges within your within your journey that may cause you to, you know, self-doubt. Um, you know, as I stated, there have been plenty of times where I felt like I have been failing my child um, in certain areas. And sometimes I feel defeated or deflated um, and I feel like all hope is gone. And that's what today's episode will focus on when you feel like all hope is gone. Um, in the past week or so, I did feel that way. Just simply because it seems like we get to a point to where we have his schedule regulated and we are on course to have a very, very successful year. And then something, an obstacle is like is is like placed in front of us. And, you know, sometimes I look at these as, you know, tests, you know, to to see if we if we're built if we can endure this journey that we're on, if we'll, if we are built for it. And I know for a fact that we are built for this journey, myself and Cortland, you know, I, I am his biggest voice. I am his voice. I am his advocate. I am going to speak for my child in every area of this thing called autism in every area of his life, not just because he is on the spectrum, but just because that's what a parent does for their child. And so when you're faced with many obstacles that will kind of deter or change your dynamic um, and you see that it has a tremendous effect on your child and it's not necessarily a positive effect. It's a it's a negative effect in, in the sense of what I'm speaking on. Like you have to go back to your drawing board and you have to try to try to figure out how to fix this so you don't get so far off course that you can't get back on. It's just like when I'm looking at when when I talked about living in a therapy world and you had to realize that, you know, sometimes you have to make changes within that team in order for things to gel and for things to work for you, for your child, first and foremost, but for you as well, because 
as much as you try not to be dependent on the, upon those people, you are very dependent upon you upon them because in all actuality, family can be the greatest support that you have in this journey on this journey, but your team is the major support that you have because they understand what it is you go through on a daily basis. So sometimes you will find that there are obstacles that will come your way that will or challenges that will come your way that will just kind of like throw a wrench in everything and it will change your dynamic and you'll wonder, you know, have I, have I failed my child? You know, how can I get back on course so that he doesn't lose what he's gained? And you have to make tough decisions. Sometimes, sometimes you find, you find yourself, you might find yourself getting angry. And that's what I've found over the past couple of, like the past week, I won't even say couple of weeks, but the past week, I've just found myself just in a, a little more of an angry state than I normally am because I feel like no matter how hard I try and I put forth the effort and I know that I'm doing the best that I I can, there's always someone standing in the wings to try and tear down what we have accomplished and they think it's funny. They laugh about it and they don't realize that that hurts me because it's almost like you're telling me that I'm not doing what I need to do for my child and I'm wasting my time. And I start to second guess, have I made the right decisions? Should I just forego therapy? Should I just stop everything? Should I stop the medication? Should I just let this run its course? Should I just let Cortland just become that child that, that people in society talk about when you see him out in public and there you get the stares and the whispers. Should I just let, should I just let that happen? Just because one person makes one comment or, you know, they laugh or they snicker or because they don't necessarily believe in what a doctor's diagnosis has determined about Cortland. And I found myself battling with that over the last week or so, just simply because things in life happen that will change your dynamic, whether it's, you know, things that you can control or some things that you can't control. And a lot of the things that happened this past week were things that were kind of out of my control that I could not control. So we'll go back to Monday, um, October... Eighth, um, when they when his school was closed because they had a teacher work day, and you know he was home all day and that was cool. We had a great time. Still went through the motions like he was in school. He got up. He had his breakfast. I got him dressed. We sat down at his table. We did we did like we were like on his schedule in school. He took a nap. He had his lunch. He took a nap. We got back up. We did like he was in school. Tuesday morning comes, I don't know, for some reason, my child's a little tired. Well, his schedule had changed because I had started to have to get him up an hour, hour, hour to an hour and a half to hour 45 minutes earlier than normal to get him to school, to get back home. So something else. So, so my mom could get to work, basically. So, um, changing that dynamic 
in him no matter what hour he went to sleep and because he's on the medication was too much for his little body in the beginning because he was already in a routine and to already be in a routine and then that routine be changed like dramatically and not over time caused a setback in the progress that we that we had made um so he couldn't stay awake in school um he fell asleep at the table um matter of fact one of his therapists happened to be there for a makeup session and she told me that he couldn't stay awake so i spoke with his teacher and um, we just decided that I would go and pick him up. Now, the last thing I try to do is go and get Cortland from school every time Cortland's having a bad day because Cortland has got to learn that he has got to be in school because he's got to get that education. More importantly, not the you know the education is the most important part of it, but the other part of it is like we need that we need those social skills to grow as well, and he's not going to get that. If he if I pick him up from school every time he's having a bad day, so we have to like try to figure out what's going on so that we can go back to the drawing board and that we can fix it and get everybody back on the same page. But a lot of people don't want to think that way because we think of ourselves, which means that we only think what we only care about what benefits us, which means we are thinking and acting selfishly. I try not to, in any way, shape, fashion, or form, act selfishly when it comes to this journey because Cortland is the main priority. If his routine is screwed up, then we risk a setback, then we risk regression, and that's something that I refuse to do. We have come too far to go backwards. Well, anyways, I go to pick him up, and so I call the doctor just simply because he was running a low grade fever over the weekend. So I'm thinking he's falling asleep in, in, you know, in school, you know, maybe he's not feeling well. There are a couple of viruses going around. Let's get him in so that he can be seen by his doctor and see what happens. Um, what she says. So I take him into the doctor and we're talking about, you know, him not wanting to take the medicine during the day. So I started giving it to him at night, which was in turn helping him sleep, um, but we needed it to go run its course throughout the day so that he remained focused in school. But we also needed it to also help us because he doesn't like to get up in the morning. He wants to fight me tooth and nail on everything. So the medicine is designed to help him be calm and help him focus. And it also helps him rest to get some sleep. So what we decided was that we were going to... Um, we were going to give him up his dosage from two milligrams to three milligrams. And we were going to do it that very same day. So I went ahead that in that night and I gave him the three milligrams like an hour to an hour and a half before it was time for him to go to bed. And he went to bed without a problem. He slept all night. Now you would think that a child that got at least seven, eight, nine hours of sleep would wake up bright-eyed, bushy-tailed the very next morning. That wasn't the case. It was we fought tooth and nail to get him up, to get him dressed. And I'm being like, I have an, another person in the background, you know, rushing me 
which in turns mean I'm rushing him, which is frustrating him, which is creating a bigger, bigger problem for us on this day. So I get him together and I get him to school and we get upstairs and he refuses to go into his classroom. And he starts with the whining and he's about to go into meltdown mode. So being the parent that I am, although I feel that it is important for him to stay in school, I will not leave him in a state to where it's going to be disruptive to the classroom. Um, And the teacher is having to take away from the other children to focus on what's going on with Cortland. Now, I am that type of parent. So I just said, okay, we'll try again tomorrow. And I just took his stuff. I just took him and put him back in the car. And before we could get out of the parking lot, Cortland was asleep. So we get home. I get him out of the car. I get him set up at the counter so he can eat his breakfast that I packed for him to take to school. And I turn my head for two seconds. Cortland had gone back to sleep. We get to, I go to move him to put him in the bed and I woke him up and he said no. So he wanted to stay at the counter. So I left him at the counter. Cortland fell back to sleep. This was in within five minutes, within five minutes of the time that I woke him up to like when I woke him up trying to move him. So I immediately called his Pete's office and I was like, look, I need, we need to see what's going on. I was like, I'm, I'm worried. I'm scared because my child has never just been like this. And like, he was just, he wasn't himself. He wasn't active. He wasn't playing. He was just like laying around. And that was the scary part. Not just the sleeping, but just that he didn't want to do anything. He didn't want to eat he didn't want to, he didn't even want his phones, his electronic devices. He didn't want to draw. He didn't want to, you know, jump in his jump house. He didn't want to do anything. He just wanted to lay around and sleep. And that scared the crap out of me. So I call the pediatrician and we go back and we assess the situation. We decide to knock the dosage back down to the two milligrams and see if that made a difference. Well, we couldn't test that theory until Friday because Hurricane Michael came through. So, of course, schools were closed on Thursday, so he didn't go to school Monday of last week. We attempted Tuesday, but I had to pick him up. We got there Wednesday. I ended up having to bring him back home. Thursday, they were closed. That's four days of school that he missed last week. Okay, so bound and determined to make this happen on Friday. You're going to stay regardless of how you felt. I didn't care. I cared, but and I don't want to sound like insensitive because I have to I have to put my foot down when it comes to some things because if I don't, then I allow him to have the upper hand in a lot of things, and that can't be just because you're on the spectrum, I can't coddle or pacify you in any type of way if I expect you to overcome the challenges that are presented to you. So, and this is probably all over the place, but what I'm doing is I went to let people know that when, you know, when you feel like all hope is lost, there's something that's going to pop up in your life that's going to show you 
that that hope is not lost. And I'm going to get to that in just a second. So Thursday, he was able to sleep all that medication out of his system and we were good to go. Well, Friday morning, got up, got him ready for school. It was show and tell day. He fought me. He didn't want to go, but he ended up going. Oh, and it was also picture day, too. He went and make up pictures. So um, he ended up going. He ended up enjoying taking the pictures. He ended up enjoying you know, show and tell, and then they had amazing athletes on Friday, and then it was fun Friday, so it was so much for him to do on Friday, I don't think he had time to think about the fact that mommy just left him at school. Well, Saturday, well, this weekend, we had a pretty busy weekend, Um, we went out with family, and, you know, did, like, the whole football thing, because we're a big football family, and we hung out with, um, he got to hang out with mommy and, you know, his aunties and, um, everything. So we had a good time. Um, he was the only kid, of course, so he was in heaven. Um, and then he has this fascination with ATM machines, but that's something different for another episode. Well, Sunday comes, Sunday's just a low key day. He kind of is in a mood. He did have one meltdown on Saturday, but I think that was because of the atmosphere and it just being too much for him all at one time because of the football and it was so loud and so many people. Um, We were actually at Wild Wings. I'm pretty sure a lot of you know what Wild Wings is, the restaurant. And so I had to take him out, get him calmed down. We went back in and he was perfect the entire time. Um, Sunday, we kind of went through the same thing with him. Um, he just wasn't, he wasn't with it. He wasn't having a good day. He was just kind of windy, kind of, you know, mini meltdowns, but not, you know, not too much that couldn't be controlled. Um, so yesterday morning we woke up and got ready for school and I took him to school yesterday morning and when we got there he wanted me to carry him he never wants me to carry him um so I carry him inside and then we walk upstairs I make him walk up the stairs and when we go through the door he starts the no 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 um and that's something that he does when he doesn't want to do something and so we got there and I was like Cortland you have to stay mommy has to go you have to stay and he was like, no, 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 no. And it like, I had to put on a brave face at that moment because I did not want to, I did not want him to see me upset because me upset equals him upset. So I asked him, I said, well, do you, they, one of the first things they do in the morning time is his teacher takes them all to the you know to the potty to the bathroom let them go use the bathroom and wash their hands and stuff for their morning breakfast snack and I said well would you like for mommy to take you to the to the potty and so I took him in and he went big boy potty just like he does at home and you know washed his hands and you know showed mommy how to work the little paper towel thing and I'm thinking okay we're good so when he said to me, let's go sit on brown, he said, let's go sit on chair. And I was like, okay, well, you can go sit in your chair. And he was like, no, brown chair. Um, in Cortland school, because he goes to a church school, he goes to um, 
a Christian based school. They are upstairs, um, closer to the church part. Um, and there are like these benches, like, you know, the pews that they have inside the church or whatever that, um, are in the hallway. And he wanted me to sit there with him. And so I sat there with him for a few seconds and I told him, I said, Courtland, mommy really has to go. She loves you more than anything in this world, but she really needs you to be a big boy and you need to stay. So I went and I got my keys and I, he tried to follow me out the door and I gently pushed him back inside the door and he ran into the classroom and he fell out in the floor. At that moment, my heart sank because one, I felt like I was hurting my baby more than ever. Two, I didn't want him to see me in a different light as someone that didn't care for him. Three, I didn't want him to feel like mommy abandoned him when he when he needed her the most. Four, just to hear him cry like that and just to see him laying in the floor like that and then just to see the other four-year-olds try to process what's going on with him hurt me so much. But I had to go. I had to leave him. Well, his speech therapist was there because she was there for his Monday session. So I thought maybe once he saw Kathleen, he would calm down. That wasn't the case. He was in full-blown meltdown. He didn't stay in school 45 minutes. I had to go back and pick him up from school. These days are those type of days are the hardest days of our lives on this journey. Because... One, you always feel like you are failing your child. Two, you feel defeated and deflated when the people that you need the most are not there on your side to support you. They don't want to understand it. They want to sweep it under the rug and they want to pretend that it's not real. This is real. This is not a game. This is not a joke. This is real. My child struggles with things that people will never understand if they don't open their hearts to wanting to be educated about it or if they don't open their hearts to accepting it. I cannot do this by myself. As much as I feel like I can do it, I cannot do it by myself. So anyone that is on our team I need all the help that I can get because I feel like all hope is lost on most days. Like I never want to walk away from my child in the state that I walked away from him in yesterday. But I know that I have to push through in order for him to overcome the challenges that he needs to overcome to reach the goals and the milestones that he's trying to attempt to reach in this life. But what I don't need is I don't need the people that are standing in the wings that are expecting us to fail, that find it funny. I don't need the 
extra conversation. I don't need your two cents if you are not going to put forth the effort to help us on this journey or be a positive force in this journey that we're on. You can't love him partially. You have to love him wholly. Like you can't just love the part of Cortland that you want to love and ignore the fact that he has autism spectrum disorder. And that's what this feels like when you're doing autism A to Z. When you don't have everyone that is in your that is in your life, whether it's family or friends, if you don't have their support, you feel like all hope is lost. So you begin to look for signs of what you should do. Should I just pack up? And should we just move to another state and try to figure this out on our own? Or should I just stay here? Should I just work work through it? Should I pull him out of school and go back to homeschooling him? But how does that benefit Cortland? Because I'm trying to appease other people's ignorance. It doesn't benefit him. It hurts him. So how do I how do I get this feeling that all hope is lost out of my head, out of my out of my psyche, out of my system, out of my body, out of my, you know, like I'm feeling this on a daily basis. Like some days I can barely function because I feel like all hope is lost when it comes to what we're doing and what we're going through. Some days I sit back and I just wish that I could carry this burden for him. Like I could just, you know, cut him open and take this autism and just put it inside my body and just let it let it consume me instead of consuming him so that he knows what it's like just to just to live in a neurotypical world for just one moment without the judgments he's four years old he should not have to live with the with the amount of judgment that he's lived with at this age, no, am I saying that he's exempt from being judged? No, is he perfect? No, he's not. But when you have people that are in your corner, that are supposed to be in your corner, that are your family members, that always have something negative to say, or always try to make you feel like their stress is because of him, you feel like all hope is lost and you feel deflated, you feel defeated. Especially when these individuals continuously undermine everything that you are trying to do to to make things better. To make every transition smooth for your child. So yesterday I picked him up and I, and I, and I, I brought him back home. And it was just that his body was tired. He just needed to sleep. And he slept. Until about 2.30 yesterday afternoon. And he woke up. And he woke up a different kid. He woke up like no problem. He wanted to play. He wanted to draw. He wanted to talk. Everything. So. Last night. I'm trying to get him on the schedule. But it's kind of difficult when you when you don't. When it's more than just you and your child living in the household. Everybody has to be willing to want to do, want to be on the schedule to help Cortland. So we get him to where he needs to be. So I'm trying to sing to where he's 
had his he's fed and he's bathed by seven thirty, seven forty five at the latest. Eight o'clock I wanna turn lights out because I need to settle it down. I need to calm it down for him. Because he takes a long it takes a while for him to wind down. So I figure if I can want start winding him down at seven forty five by eight forty five, nine o'clock he can be asleep and he still gets a sufficient amount of rest for the night. Last night was a challenge. It was a huge challenge, but I just, I have to stick to my guns. So I just made him come into the room and I closed the door and we laid in bed together and he wanted his phone, which, you know, you shouldn't allow them a lot of screen time before, bedtime because the screen time too is what wounds them up a lot and stuff and um but what I did was I took my phone and I put on just like white noise to kind of drown out the noise that he was actually hearing from his phone actually I did bedtime lullabies I found on YouTube and before I knew it he was asleep knocked out and he slept until like four thirty five o'clock this morning and I tried to make him go back to sleep but he didn't want to go back to sleep but he did not get out of bed he laid in bed he did not ask for any electronic devices he just laid there and he kind of tossed and he turned and then the alarm went off and it was time to get up so I was just like well you know me Mommy, skeptical because he had been up. I was like, this is not going to go well. We're going to have another rough morning. You know, already casting doubt because of what we've been through in the past week. You know, just already casting doubt. And so I got up and I, you know, just conversation. So what would you like for breakfast, Cortland? So we had, you know, his sausage and then we packed his lunch together. And he got the opportunity to draw, you know, while... I got his clothes together for today and, um, you know, got my shower and all, and everything. And he had some time just to do what Cortland wanted to do before Cortland had to leave for school. And so when it came time to go, you know, we got outside and he got in the car and we kind of sat here for a few minutes. And, you know, a part of me is just like, you know, just take him out of the car and take him back inside and because you're going to drive all the way over to his school and you're going to end up having to turn around and come back home or turn around and go get him. So why not just go ahead and just pull him? Like, you know, have you, you, you see those TV shows where you have the good angel on one shoulder and the bad angel on the other shoulder and one is telling you to go and the other one's telling you to stay. That's what I felt like this morning. So as I sat here in the driveway, I just said a simple prayer. It was like, you know, just God, when we get to the school, I just need a sign that this is where we are supposed to be. I need a sign to feel like all hope is not lost. And I know they say, you know, God will give you those signs on his time, not when you want him to give them to you. But at that moment, I just had to pray that prayer that way. Um not as a test of my faith because I believe in God no matter what no matter when my prayers get answered if they're answered 10 15 years later I believe in him so as I pulled into the parking lot um 
one way I know he's excited about being there is that over the church there's these bells. So he he'll spit he'll spell the word bell. So that was great flag number one that he was excited about being there. And so when we pulled up and I turned off the car, um he asked me to take car seat off, unlock unlock his car seat. So, okay, that's sign number two, right? But the really, really determining factor and the determining sign that we were where we were supposed to be and that today was going to be a magnificent day was this red bird flew right past us. And a lot of people may not get this, may not understand it, but may not believe it. But they say that when you see a red bird, it is the symbol of a loved one that has gone on to heaven, you know, just coming to show you their presence to let you know that they are with you. And in December 2016, I lost my cousin. We were very close. We grew up together. And every once in a while, this red bird will appear. And we all like, we all say it, we all see it all the time. Not just me, but my other cousins, you know, we see it, her, her daughters, her children, they see it. And we say that that's her. And at that moment, when that bird flew past me, I knew that my child was going to be okay, that he was being watched over and that he was in great hands and that we were in the right place. And that all hope was not lost. Sometimes you just have to go to those people that were your greatest support in the beginning when you started this journey. Regardless of whether they're here in the flesh or if they come to you in the spirit. And she was one of my greatest supports when I first started this journey with Cortland. She was the one that always told me, don't worry about what anybody thinks or anybody says. You have to do what is right for your child. And she restored my hope this morning just by flying past me and letting me know that you are where you are supposed to be with him. And that you guys are going to get through this. So when you feel like all hope is lost, just pray for a sign. That's for everybody. That's not just for families that are raising kids with, you know, uh, that are on the spectrum or have other special health care needs and disabilities. You just pray. You put your faith in something higher and believe that you're going to receive that sign that you're either doing you're either doing something right or it's time for you to change your course. Just this morning, I sat inside the car and I wanted to just give up and just let the naysayers win once again. But she said she came and she gave me a gentle reminder that don't you dare don't you dare because all hope is not lost. You got this. You guys are going to be okay. 
I know this episode is long and it's been all over the place and it's more so just the storytelling of what's been transpiring in our lives the past couple weeks or the past week or so. But sometimes you just have to talk your life through so people can understand because there could be someone that's going through the exact same thing that I have been facing, the challenges that we have faced in the past couple weeks, just in different dynamic than what we've been going through. And they just need to know that they're you are doing everything that you are supposed to do in this moment for your child that has the special health care need and disability or your child that's on the autism spectrum. You have got to stay the course. Forget about the naysayers. There, there, people want to see you fail at things, but you have to remember that you aren't doing it for them. You are doing it for your child. And always remember that they come in every shape, size. It can be a family, friend, or foe, but you have to look past those people and you have to continue to push forward because all hope is not lost. Days are going to be hard Nobody said this was going to be easy. You weren't even told that life was going to be easy. Days are going to be hard. And you're going to wonder if you're built strong enough for for this. I guarantee you, you are built strong enough for this. Because God only gives his toughest battles to his strongest soldiers. Thank you guys for listening. This has been Cinnamon. Sweet tea, Southern Mama, doing autism A to Z. All hope is not lost. Thank you for the general reminder this morning, Chris. We love you. We miss you. And thank you for always continuing to look out for us. You guys have a great day.